Hey guys, welcome to Psychology and Friends with Naila Kasatovic, Jocelyn Moreno, Nathaniel Backus, and Tennessee Toborg. And today we will be discussing two different studies on our learning target, which is to explain the formation of stereotypes and their effect on behavior. So today we're going to be talking about stereotypes. We're talking about stereotypes and how stereotypes are formed and used within society. So me, Tennessee, Nayla, and Jocelyn all have our um, own individual studies. So well, not individual studies. Well, yeah, they're not individual, but like we all focus more on so a certain on part. Certain yeah, parts of studies. Yeah, we all took a certain study and focused on that rather than focusing on both. Right. So, me and Tennessee, we focused on a study by Carlin's in, what year was it? 1969. 1969. And in this study, they had 150 subjects from introductory psychology. One half of the students were, had graduated from public high schools and the other half graduated from private high schools. They also had a um, accurate representation of the students, of the student body from Princeton, which matches with the past studies, with the past three generations, which were from which years, Tennessee? Uh, 1933, 1951, and 1967. Right, so that correlates to 90 public um, high school students and 60 private high school students. So their procedure was pretty cool. They had um, each subject received a 12-page booklet, and on page one, there were 84 adjectives. Um, and on page two, they had the instructions to tell the subjects that they needed to basically select which adjectives they thought matched with a certain nationality. Within the, um, within the booklet, they did um, surveys on Negroes, the Irish, the English, Jews, Americans, Chinese, Japanese, and Turks. And on page 12, they were asked to go back over their list and mark um, each adjective or any ad adjective with an X for any word that seemed most typical of the group. Sorry about the bell. <laughs> um, um, after the subjects rated the, after they chose the different adjectives, they went back and chose the favorableness of the adjective of the adjectives in the list. Um, so now that we've talked about basically the methodology of the study, Tennessee is going to talk about the analysis of the study. Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> with this study, some of the ethical considerations to take into account were the fact that there's bias by using Negroes as a nationality rather than a race, which would then change the uh, stereotypes used. There's possible mental harm as a result of being forced to put stereotypes on certain groups. And then throughout the actual study, there was no briefing or debriefing given. And then there can also be a bias as a, the result of not using, giving the demographics of the subjects because 
we don't know what nationality the actual subjects are, so we don't know how they're going to interpret each culture. Now, when it comes to cultural considerations, once again, they were all students, and they were also all taking a, the introductory psychology course. So they know a little bit of how, um, like formation of stereotypes and how they're used. They know some information on it, which then goes back to one of our weaknesses of the method where they, since they use psychology students, they do know some information on stereotypes and how they're used. But a strength, but a strength of the method are that they use public and private school students, not just public where it might be more diverse. And then they also had the uh, in-depth booklet uh, which gave direct instructions of what to do and how to do it. And the, weak, the weaknesses of the study, as stated in our ethical considerations, were the bias and possible mental harm. And the strengths of the study was that this was replicated bef uh, in earlier studies. Uh, there was a moderately large range of races, or nationalities, really. And the ratio of students stayed the same throughout all the studies. Now, the results were that as time went on, the stereotypes were, would fade and would be replaced with newer ones. And the uniformity of each group would, in between the first and second study, it decreased because there were more stereotypes used. But between the second and third, the uniformity increased because there were uh, less stereotypes used and they were, they, uh, subjects agreed with it. However, for ecological validity, this study really only applies to uh, psychology students since these were the people who were the subjects throughout, throughout the study. So are you saying that like them being like psychology students has a negative effect? Because at the end of the day, they're still people. No, no yeah, I think while, they're, while they are still people, it, it has a negative effect, but not a major negative effect. Because it still has a negative effect since they understand stereotypes, how they work, and how they're used. Because they already have experience of it. Right. They, under, they have experience in learning it. So it has that negative effect where they understand what's going on, but it still has a positive effect because they are still people and they do still use stereotypes. It's just the way they use it is going to be different than, say, someone who's taking math only. Right. Right. So I think you guys are trying to say that, like, a person that has more education or like in this instance, like a psychological background, they are less inclined to use stereotypes because they know like how they work and how they affect people more. Is that what you're trying to say? I don't, kind of, like they, they might be, tend to not use stereotypes as often, but they still will use them a yeah. lot. Especially because the time period this, was, this took place in was 1933. 51 and 67. Yeah, there was a lot of racial stereotypes exactly. at that time so period. It, while they won't use it as much, they still used it a lot just considering the time period. It's just they have more knowledge on how they're used. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. So, um, Tennessee, you, you said something about how they used the word Negroes to categorize the, I'm guessing, the black subjects. How do you think that affects the? How do you think that affects the the subjects when they're answering answering the question? And I think with that you could tie in like the Jews because isn't like yeah. the Jews yeah. back then was considered a religion, not so much a nationality. Right. I think as a result of them using that, it's because had it said for for the Negroes part, had it said 
African-American and African, I think the stereotypes that would be used would be different because their personalities are going to be different. The way they act is different. But as a result of grouping them together, it makes it so that you're only taking into consideration one or the other. Therefore, you're putting stereotypes on a group where they ne won't necessarily apply. Now, when it comes to Jews back then, like I said, it was more of a religion, not so much a nationality, making it so that really that could be Jews could go into most of the groups that they had already used. So they could have just moved over some of those terms to Jews, or they might not use any of them. So the results for Jews doesn't necessarily uh, give the best interpretation of how stereotypes are used, since it's more of a religion when they're fo trying to focus on nationality. So this was an experiment? Yes. Yes. It wouldn't be considered like a survey? I, th I think it's... For the most part, it's an experiment, but it could be argued that it was a case study. Okay. Because it does have elements of a survey, but for the most part, it's an experiment because they're give like the independent variable would be the different nationalities used. Right. The dependent variable is the percentage of each word that was given to each mm -hmm. uh, nationality. So, so the questionnaire were just like included, not yeah, really a major. The, yeah, factor. no. The questionnaire is what was used to then conduct to conduct the actual experiment. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's why it's, it could be argued that it's a case study. Okay. Cool. Great. So now we're going to talk about um, Nayla and Jocelyn's experiment, which was... So we had our study was named a hypothesis confirming bias in labeling effects, and it was by Darley and Gross in the year 1983. So as Nathaniel was saying, it's an experiment, but... We saw it as a case study because it, it included as well a questionnaire. So the overall purpose of the researcher was to see how the demographics, which can be social class as well as location, affect how the stereotypes are used. So the researcher, um, Bally, is that how you say it? Barley. Barley. <laughs> and um, Gross. They took 70 participants, and this was 30 male and 40 female from Princeton University. And they were taken because they were going to evaluate a child's overall achievement and academic skill level. So they were given a fact sheet of a nine-year-old girl. Her name was Hannah. Just basic stuff, her age, her um, race, nationality, as, as well as her grade level, that's an important factor. So of these subjects, half of them were as well shown a video of her playing around in the playground in an urban area. And the other half were showing the same video but in a suburban area, mm -hmm. a bit more rich class. So from those two groups, one fourth of, one fourth or half of each they were shown a second video of the child answering a questionnaire. And this was considered the performance only. Uh, the performance only, yeah. is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they weren't given the fact sheet. And then yeah. there was a controlled group as well. So in total, there was five groups. So the whole purpose of this, they were just evaluating and rating her achievement. And this is seen because she was taking the test 
and they had to see if she was answering more harder questions or more easier questions. Um, is there anything else that you would like to add, Milo? Um, I think, I don't know, did you mention the date of the study? Uh, of the what, sorry? Of the study? Yes, 1980. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> My fault then. Um, maybe uh, just to like clarify that the participants were, uh, they didn't have any like sort of teaching experiment experience and that if they did, they weren't like included in the study, which is like a strength. So sort of like jumping into my side a little bit too. And that they were all undergraduate students. Um, I think that was, I think you nailed everything. I think so. Yeah. Uh, something important to also just like reiterate a little bit is the independent and the dependent variable. So I was, as I was mentioning earlier, because half of them were shown urban, like her playing in an urban area, that was seen as negative, and then her playing in a suburban was seen more of a positive. And then the other independent variables were the performance and the no performance, performance I'm sorry. And as a result of this, this led to the dependent variable being the different like sections of how she's evaluated overall. Right, because at the end they had to like take an overall questionnaire, um, grading her on like different factors of the of what they saw and interpreted uh, Hannah doing. But um, the results of that were that the demographics did uh, play some type of role in creating the stereotypes, especially when they were uh, specifically in the results under manipulation checks. They, uh, they said that since they saw her performance and they saw how well she was uh, doing or how badly she was doing, it depended on the, the type of video, uh, that she was that they were able to stereotype her and say, oh, she's from a suburban area without seeing, even seeing that factor, she would explicitly stating where she was from. And then there was uh, just like they, some, the researchers said that like they entered, they probably entered with a hypothesis that they were going to, they have to judge a child so that they have to, this like evaluation mindset affects how they see her and like so they implement those that the, the mindset yeah okay uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to explain like can you know what I'm saying but like I don't know how to say it clearly can you like repeat what you're trying to say okay so like the subjects would enter in so the subjects found out that they had to evaluate Hannah mm -hmm. and to talk about how, like, was it, like, what grade level or how well she's doing? Uh, some, some of the things were what grade level she was in, the amount of questions she got correct, right, and whether or, whether or not the questions were either, like, easy, medium, or, like, difficult. Right, so they were, uh, like, evaluating, like, a new teaching style. That's what it was. Yes, and so, so they there was a little bit of uh, deception because of that because yeah. they were told that they were just uh, evaluating this child Hannah for a teaching job because they were college students. In actuality, that's not what the experiment was. So, like along like with the results, like 
have having them like deceived in that way that they were going to be evaluating Hannah for this new teaching style and then them being like them having to grade her and so maybe they had like a sense of bias and like because she does so well and because they saw her play in this really nice suburban playground that suburban schools have better education than urban schools they would. They had more privileges so thus she was answering the questions better more accurately as well as especially the difficult questions. Yeah though they didn't know her grade level. So that's an important factor that they didn't know about, but they already came in with that bias from seeing that video. Right, so then they did... Anything else before I go oh, into Oh, from strengths? the ethical consideration. Yeah. That's important to consider. Uh, that they debriefed. I think that's very rare for us to see. So that they did debrief with the participants, and then... Um, I think this can be argued, but they did volunteer for this position, like, to be in the experiment, so I guess that's some form of consent, especially since they did debrief afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. And then I would say that there was no physical or mental harm, but then arguable, like, the deception factor of it, so... I mean, we have to see how deceived they were, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Other factors were that they... uh, The strengths of the study were that all participants were randomly allocated and that they were in equal groups so there was no like more males or more females in one group but that could also be although they were like randomly allocated a weakness going off of that is that there were um, more female participants than male participants yeah like in general yeah definitely um confidentiality was super important they didn't know each other at all um Then they also did a lot of comparing results with past studies as well, which we thought was really important in strengthening their idea of... Sorry. (laughs) Uh, Strengthening their idea... That's a brief intermission. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I hope you're enjoying the, the podcast. <laughs> Subscribe. <laughs> so back to the study. Right. And um, to some throughout the study. Oh, okay. They were so they were debriefed. They were paid. There's no teaching background, which I think was super important. So they didn't have any experience about how a child should that, be evaluated. Right. Exactly. Um, And then some weaknesses of the study were that they were sort of in the say they used words like we expected or we thought. So like they had sort of a expectation value to it. Um, Then because of that, I think there would be like a low ecological validity because they only studied 70 people with like no general teaching background. So I didn't think there was like specific enough to be specified for one person. You don't really know who this study is really intended to because they don't have a, they're not teachers. So what is kind of the overall purpose? Right, exactly. That's what I was thinking too. And that they, uh, we said that because they were like, it was a scale that they had to at the end of the questionnaire. 
is the, question, the, or the forum. questions because they had to see if it was either easy, medium, or difficult questions. Uh, there could be different interpretations of the scale. What I think is a difficult question might actually be easy for Nathaniel. So ev the results may be inconclusive after all. Yeah. Um, what was the ratio of females to males in the study? It was 30 males and 40 females. So do you think there is a, do you think there is a big enough gap where there could be a possible gender bias as a result of there being more females than males? Or do you think it's not a big enough gap where it won't affect it as much? I don't think that it's a big enough gap that it'll affect it, but I can see how just for the subject being a female that can affect it because the child that they were showing in the video was female Hannah. So maybe the subjects can kind of, um, what's the word, like, um, relate to her in a way maybe yeah. yeah I think especially like if they like grew up if you're a female and you grew up in like a urban area or the suburban area they may feel like that connection to Hannah and so they'll be like oh I understand why she got this one wrong it was yeah or they might say oh well I'm a female so I'm like Hannah oh I also lived in a urban area poor area so I think she you know, I think highly of myself, so I'm going to say that she, she as well is going to answer more difficult questions correctly. Yeah, well, like, while you, while you guys have been talking, I've been making a few notes. Um, Jocelyn, you said something about grade level. You said it was, like, very important. I was wondering if, like, the... Did you say that the subjects didn't know the student's grade level? <laughs> well, thanks for that question. Uh, I believe, if I'm recalling well, that the subjects, they were informed yeah, of the grade level. So. Okay, if back. we go back into our packet. Way too far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's way too far. <laughs> uh, randomly assigned. Ah, uh, here's Hannah, viewed on the tape, negative, urban setting, oh, for, wait, we're given no, in regards to the groups that were the performance only, meaning the groups that were shown the video of her answering the questions, it says on page 23 of the packet, these subjects were given no information about the child other than her name, age, grade, address, and the school she attended. So yes, indeed, she they did um, know the grade level. Okay, cool. Um, another thing that I wanted to like relate to Tennessee and I, to our study, um, you talked about the urban and suburban, and I think that that would relate to um, the public and the private high schools. So like, if you're in a urban area you're in an area that's more diverse right yeah that could be argued that, that yeah. could be argued because it just depends on like the area that you're in i think if you're like relating it to like ogden then yeah i think i think another problem is that the years the studies took place might also affect how relatable it can be based off urban suburban because 
ours was from 1969, while theirs was from 1983. So there's a 14-year gap. So that four, extra 14 years, it could change the demographics of both urban and suburban areas. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. I didn't think about that. <laughs> um, is there anything else that might be cons like make the study unethical besides the possible deception? Um, well, <laughs> <laughs> if not, if, if not. Yeah, I, I don't think so because I think they like they did a good job with like explaining. Like I think it was because of that debriefing. That's why the deception. I don't think plays. Yeah. Matter as much. Yeah. Okay. And, like, one last thing that I wanted to talk about was um, you said that the subjects didn't have any teaching experience. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not really sure, but I would guess that they didn't pick subjects with teaching experience because re relating back to our study, like, if you have teaching experience, you have sort of a sort of an education of how to behave around children. So therefore, you're trained not to use those stereotypes to judge people. Right. So I feel like they're using regular people because they're trying to see how these stereotypes are formed and used within regular people's daily lives. Yeah. Yeah, and that ties in like perfectly with the learning target, which is explain the formation of stereotypes and their effect on behavior. So. Yeah. So I think like in our study, we like see how like biases and like how people's personal like feelings and maybe that gender bias connection could affect stereotypes and them being made. Um, so like before like in to like add on to that, uh, the researcher studied this expli expectancy expect creating information. <laughs> yeah. And so like that's sort of like that process is sort of like if you enter in with a biased mindset and having these stereotypes that you will find a way to make these stereotypes true. And then vice versa, if you don't enter, you you'll probably won't find the same stereotypes. It's sort of like you're pinpointing and you have like an agenda that you want to prove so true. So if they, if they were to be teachers, they would already have like that bias in mind and expect the child like to act a certain way because of the experiences they've had teaching. We're ready to move on. Okay. So, um, <laughs> Nila has a question for us all that we're going to discuss. Um, do you mind sharing that question? Yeah. So the question is: To what extent does do sure? To what extent do past experiences affect how stereotypes are used? Who wants to start? I'll start, I guess. So, in my opinion, I think that our past experiences, <coughs> our past experience. I, our past experiences uh, do affect how our stereotypes are used uh, greatly. I think it affects how they're used and how they're created. Because the way you, we tend to create stereotypes is based off of what we, happens to us or what we normally see, and also what we commonly hear from other people on who they, what they commonly put, associate with certain groups. So I think as a result of our past experiences and hearing these, we then cre continue these stereotypes and then that affects whether we're very likely to use them or whether we're not as likely to use them depending on how common we hear them and things of the sort. So like an example was Jackie Robinson. Mm -hmm. Because 
so when he played, he was one of the best baseball players at that time, but he was also the first African-American baseball player. Now, even though he was amazing at baseball, especially because he got National League Rookie of the Year and think, think, a lot of awards in his time, but people would um, boo him and say derogatory terms because of the fact that he was African-American, so they were putting these stereotypes that they got from the past onto a player who was helping their team out a lot. Even the home fans were booing him because they have seen these stereotypes. It's just as a result of him being good, it didn't matter due to the stereotypes that were already formed at the time. Yeah, I think that like um, relates back to like the Darley study? Yeah, yeah? Darley okay. Darley <laughs> um, Because like they see this like as children, like these people, like picked up that this bias of like African Americans and like how they're meant to like dehumanize them in the sense. And so, like seeing the fans like boo and like jeer against him, yeah. like just like shows how them entering into that mindset and how such like of a closed mindset it is. Because, like, he was such a good baseball yeah, player. He, he's considered one of the best where they even made it so no team can have the same, no player on any team can have his number, 42, because he was that good. It's just at the time, it didn't really work out. Once you have that mindset in mind, it doesn't matter if, like, in this, like, situation, if he's good or of anything, is you, you, like, you're blinded by the stereotype, and you can't change your mind, like... No, like he's African American. He has to be terrible. We're just gonna boo him. In, so that's affecting their behavior. In a way, it's like you're cutting yourself off from reality because you're staying into your what you know and your own imagination, making it so that you don't have as good information on it and you don't believe it, even though the actual facts that you're seeing prove that he there should be no problem with what he's doing. Right, and like. In the movie 42, which was about Jackie Robinson, I remember a specific scene in which, in which the coach, or the owner of the team, I'm not sure, but he was, he was calling Jackie Robinson names, trying to get him to like be pumped up and angry, which is a stereotype of African-American men. They're angry and um, you should be scared of them or whatever. So like, he was testing him to see if he would conform to the stereotype. And I think that that was one of like the biggest things with him on the team and facing all of these derogatory terms and being the center of attention. Um, he had to change. He couldn't be, he couldn't conform to the stereotype because if he was, that would confirm what all of the racist people thought about African-Americans that, yeah, um, they are. Um, dangerous and angry and you should stay away from them so like it was hard on him to I don't know how to phrase it but I think you all understand what I'm saying right? yeah like that if he did so to to the sense the coach the, the, yeah, the coach. yeah so the coach was conforming into a stereotype which changed his behavior how he was trying to motivate Robinson 
and then Robinson didn't want to conform to to the stereotype that the coach was conforming to. (laughs) What I was trying to say is like, if Jackie Robinson did get angry, upset, or fight back, that would prove that this stereotype that is put upon him is true, even though it's not. Because like, in the case of like, if Jocelyn was called a name, she would probably get upset. But because like, (laughs) but because like, it's not common for her, like being angry isn't a common stereotype for people like Jocelyn, she probably wouldn't be um, adhering to a certain stereotype within her, like against her culture. And I think, I think uh, something that connects back to mine and Nathan's study of by Carlin's is that, like I said in my explanation of it, the stereotypes do eventually change. And when it comes in the case of Robinson, while he was, during most of his playing time, they were booing him, they were trying to get him off the field. But towards the end of it, they were cheering him, like very happy for him, and eventually they, there's now celebrations for him. There's like Bill Clinton, when he was president, did a tribute for Jackie Robinson. Like I said before, all the baseball teams retired his number so no player can have it. And each, each baseball season, there's a certain day where every play, literally called Jackie, Jackie Robinson Day to celebrate him. So the, so the change in stereotypes from when he started his career and most of his career to the end of it and now relates back to Carlin's how the stereotypes will change and there's going to be a different perspective on each type person. I agree with you on that. And then to try to sum it up, to go back to the learning target, which is explain the formation of stereotypes and their effects on behavior. So overall, we can see how that there's a lot of things that affect this formation of stereotypes. This could be either past experiences based on with the Jackie Robinson uh, real life situation, how the people already have a mindset of how they see African Americans from this time period. Another way could be from demographic, which which was for our study of uh, Barley and Gross, uh, they were conforming to the stereotypes and trying to be part of the in-group. And then for your case, for um, it was, your study. It was focusing on the uniformity and how stereotypes are used over time to see if they will change or differ. Yeah, and like how like the stereotypes at different times vary, but within the study, the the data of the study shows that the stereotypes do change over time, or do fade over time, I'm sorry, but they're just replaced with different stereotypes. And they may not always be like in a bad connotation, um, which is also like very, which may be a weakness of the study. They didn't really include like the harsh stereotypes. Mm but yeah. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for listening to yeah. Psychology and Friends with Nayla Kisatovic, Jocelyn Moreno, Tennessee Toborg, and Nathaniel Backus. Thank you. Enjoy, enjoy <laughs> us next week. So Subscribe. Subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> that was good, guys.